should wait to come out, that you should uh, try to gain rank or status before you do that. That's a bunch of bull****. It's a new day in the music industry, and I can reach my fans. We're getting there. I've caused harm to the political agenda, and which I'm actually happy for. I would say probably the best message to them is that they're on the wrong side of history. Whether you're lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, or whatever, love is love. Shout it out to the world. The Michelle Miao Show. Your A through Z covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between show. And now here's your host, Michelle Miao. Welcome to Welcome to Wednesday, and I I'm already losing my voice. <laughs> It's the middle of the month, uh, or middle of the month, uh, and uh, it's also in the middle of the week. Uh, I'm Michelle Miel, your host. Our producer, Fong, is in studio. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Fong, how are you doing in the, in the middle of the week? Um, the same. Well, not the same. A little more tired than yesterday. Yeah, it seems like, um, I don't know, you know, are we working harder? Are we or are we not working smarter? <laughs> um, I think it's kind of both. Yeah. 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 Well, I will say to you, to to you know just putting it out there, the middle of the month is always tough for me because I'm putting down all the final, uh, you know, bells and whistles of the television show that we air on Coffee TV here locally in San Francisco, in which you can find episodes online, by the way, at michellemiao.com. And then also, you know, producing the weekly radio show. Um, and, uh, and so it starts to <laughs> kind of <laughs> two worlds collide, I think. But we'll, we'll get through it. And that's why it's called Hump Day. So have a, you know, glass of wine or warm cup of milk or maybe some tea, whatever is your vice. That's all good. So before we start the show, Fong, I just want to check in with you. I love checking in with millennials. Are you okay <laughs> being called a millennial? I guess. <laughs> Do you consider yourself a millennial? Um, I mean, it is my generation, so sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, let's check in with some um, 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 gay news. Okay, uh, you know, and then I'm on the advocate, which, like I said, I mean, I guess sometimes the advocate an LGBT online publication. Well, they also, you know, do magazines still. But um, sometimes they are the end all be all. I don't know if that's where you get your news. Most but, of the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So some headlines uh, for today. Uh, that Yoko Ono seems to think that uh, John Lennon, Lennon had a desire for men. What do you think about that? Hmm. I don't know. Where, where are you looking at? The Advocate. The Advocate. The front page. What's trending? I'm just reading out headlines to it's you. It's not see, on my front page. <laughs> just to see, uh, to yeah, you know, if you, if any of this stuff in uh, you have an interest in, uh, rapper Ti apologizes for saying a woman shouldn't be president. Are you a Ti fan? Mm-mm. None of this stuff is is interesting to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm more on like the academic side, so anything about research may be more interesting. How about Jennifer Lawrence is over trying to be adorable and likable regarding uh, to Hollywood's wage gap? That's mm. that's admirable. Yeah, I like her. She's really cool. Although I still feel like she's trying to be likable. 
I mean, who doesn't want to be likable? <laughs> <laughs> and then how, how about this for shock factor? Ben Carson, marriage equality leads to polygamy. Ooh, interesting. I just think he's trying to make headlines in which yeah, I guess he did, even on The Advocate. It's trending. Anyway, <laughs> let's get started with our program. Today's show is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. Our guest today on the phone is Andrea Vittori. Uh, Andrea's wife, um, Margie Winters, was terminated from her job as the Director of Religious Education at Waldron Mercy Academy back in July. And this made uh, you know, worldwide attention, I should say, but here at least nationwide uh, with the help of Vlad. And so here to talk to us about what happened to Margie is Andrea. Andrea, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Um, so like I mentioned, this happened back in July, uh, but tell us what happened to your wife, Margie, when she was let go by Waldron? Um, yeah, well, as you mentioned, she um, she was there for about eight years, and um, we knew that, we knew, I guess, a, a couple of weeks or so before it happened that there was a parent who um, discovered that we were married and um, brought that to the principal and uh, wrote a letter to the board, wrote a letter to um, the principal, and the, somehow made its way up through into the archdiocese. And um, it was after that that uh, she was fired. Now, this is interesting because I read somewhere that the school or the academy actually, you know, had known that uh, Margie is gay and she had worked there right. for eight years. Um, right. So what was, what's the problem? Yeah, it's 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 kind of complicated. Um, you know, the 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 issue I think, or you know, at least what happened. The timeline is she was there for eight years. The school was aware. She went to the principal um, when she was hired. The the community that sponsors the school, the Sisters of Mercy, knew both of us. We were in the community. We left the community. We uh, subsequently got married, um, and we have stayed in, involved with the community. So they knew us well. Um, but it, it was really uh, not a problem up until the point that the um, archbishop discovered uh, that she was married and that she was in what they would consider a, a, a sensitive um, position. Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, just the, the, the marriage part um, and then, you know, living in sin. Are both of you practicing Catholics? We are. We are, yeah. As so, hard as that is for some people to imagine, we still are, yeah. Well, I'm, and no, not really. I mean, at least not to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, sure, I, I'm, sure, I'm trying yeah. to, you know, uh, paint this as it, it probably had rocked your entire world. I mean, you know, being practicing Catholics. Oh, absolutely. Uh, being part of the community and also, you know, uh, for Margie at least, but teaching. Um, yeah. So tell us, you know, just kind of when that happened. Did you guys go through like a shock period, or did you, uh, you know, mobilize to fight back right away? Yeah, uh, you know, we certainly went through the, the shock period. We we knew, um, I'd say, about two to three weeks before the larger community was aware. So um, we became aware um, sometime, I guess, the end of June, and and then um, it wasn't until a few weeks after that that the um, the school community and the parents came aware. So we had some time to really sort of sit with it. Um, and in that time, we were trying to reach out to 
um, you know, the principal and the, the Sisters of Mercy, the leadership with them. Um, and, and so, you know, we kind of went through our, our shock before the, before the parents in the community found out. So by the time they all found out, um, we were sort of in the next stage of, you know, sort of ready to mobilize, and which was actually pretty good because um, they mobilized pretty quickly uh, as well. So it was, it was good timing. Right, right. And, you know, I and uh, I mean, everything, like I mentioned earlier, GLAD stepped in. Um, you've got a Facebook page with over 12,000 supporters, um, a, a Facebook page, Stand With Margie. Uh, and, and, you know, to me, I think that uh, you were behind a lot of this. So that was you coming out supporting your wife. Sure. Yeah. I mean, of course. And, and you know, in, in many ways, it was really a simple thing to do. I mean, a lot of people said, um, you know, if, if you guys come out and go public, um, you know, you'll be dragged through the mud. And, um, and, and we sort of felt like we had nothing really to, one, to be ashamed of. And two, um, we had an opportunity and an obligation at this point um, to really stand up. Um, so, so in many ways, it was, it was easy in that sense. Um, you know, certainly, um, you know, going through the grief of not only the loss of her job, but the loss of her, of her ministry, of her vocation, of her ability to work in this realm um, is still something that's really um, tragic and, and she's really struggling with. And, you know, not to mention all the practical applications of that, you know, loss of income and, and, and all of that. Um, and then there's the, the impact of our relationship with the community. I mean, as I said before, we were both members of the community for a number of years and, um, and are still very involved and and so um, that's going to take a little bit of time to to heal and, and to reconcile. Um, so it's it's, uh, it's difficult on a lot of different levels. Michelle Miao on the phone with us as our guest is Andre Vittori, whose wife Margie Winters was terminated uh, from her job as the director of religious education at Waldron Mercy Academy. May have heard of their story as it hit headlines, but also when Pope Francis visited the United States, um, you and Margie were, were able to attend an event in which the Pope was at, right? We were, yeah. We were able to attend several of them, actually. We were invited um, to D.C. as guests of the Human Rights Campaign, um, and we were invited to the White House um, among you know, many others, of course, on the lawn to um, to formally greet the Pope when he arrived. Um, we were also invited by Senator Casey to the um, to the grounds of the Capitol to listen to um, the Pope's address to the joint sessions of Congress, and then we attended all of the events in uh, in Philly as well. By by uh, both of you attending these events, and obviously the Pope giving you some exposure and and noting the important importance of your existence as as you know a married couple um did that have an impact to your you know community at all or to the school or to the to, to waldron well I, I think the impact um that it had was one of encouragement i mean i think for all of us who have been um you know working together now as a result of this um found it extremely encouraging symbolic um, that we would be invited to the White House, that we would be able to um, to get so close to the Pope, um, it, you know. So, and, and of course, you know, everything he said while he was here just sort of, um, I think, boosted our sense of um, of hope that at some point something may um, change as a result. 
I'm trying to, you know, wrap my head around the fact that uh, you've spent so many years in being a part of your Catholic community and, uh, you know, I can't see anything changing in terms of the relationship that you had um, after people found out that you're married. And so um, I wonder, you know, I, I know that you said, you know, it's going to take some time to heal from that. But uh, speaking of stand with Margie, uh, anyone from the your your Catholic community um, you know, supportive of standing with Margie. Oh, absolutely. Um, our church in Philadelphia, our local parish, um, has been known uh, as sort of the Justice Church in Philadelphia, and um, it is among a couple of other churches, actually, uh, a very LGBT-friendly uh, community. So that was really the first. Those were after the school or the parents of the uh, children at Waldron. After they reached out, the next group that reached out to us were, uh, were the uh, folks at our local parish, um, and you know they had a, a liturgy um, that they really dedicated specifically to us, prayed with us, um, supported us. Um, have been at a number of different events um, in support. So it's um, absolutely uh, incredible, incredible show of support. That is wonderful. I think I'm going to take a yeah. quick break right here, but when we come back, I want to dive into you know that support and being Catholic and being LGBT. And so for listeners out there who still are asking, how can you be LGBT and Catholic at the same time? Um, I think that uh, having a discussion with Andrea will, will help us understand. So you'll stick with us? Absolutely. The Michelle Meow Show continues, so don't go away. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side as a unified team of the best fertility specialists guided by the highest ethical standards Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on this hump day, Wednesday, October 14th. Almost uh, halfway done with October. Maybe you have some Halloween plans, or if you're like me, you don't like Halloween, you'll just uh, 
just go to bed because the next day will be November 1st. And then, you know, Thanksgiving rolls around. <laughs> I'm Michelle Miel, your host. On the phone with us is our guest, Andrea Vittori, uh, whose wife, Margie Winters, uh, lost her job as the director of religious education at Waldron Mercy Academy in Pennsylvania because simply because she's married to Andrea, which uh, is, you know, an extreme case of discrimination. And, and uh, you know, Andrea, how did, I guess, I guess it's it's okay for the academy to do this because they're a religious institution, um, and and uh, they're not breaking any laws, or or am I wrong there? Well, no, you're absolutely correct, and that's what a lot of people don't understand within the um, you know the discrimination laws of the country. There is um, what's called a ministerial exception, and that allows um, religious communities uh, um, and institutions to. Um, to sort of be exempt from the, the rest of the laws, the laws the rest of the country are bound to. So um, you can fire someone um, who is uh, gay or lesbian, and um, and it's perfectly legal. And then last night there was the Democratic presidential debate, and I think that's something that yeah. we definitely need to talk about. Um, you know. Help me understand this. I mean, one of the reasons or the main reason why the Academy let Margie go after they found out that you're ma- that she's married to you um, is that, you know, you're both living in sin as as a practicing Catholic who is part of the LGBTQ community. How does that even does that even make sense to you, you know, to, to use that as a, I guess, a, a reason to fire Margie? No, of course it doesn't make sense. It's harsh, um, and it, you know, that's of course one of the things that we're hoping to see change. And um, it, it makes no sense. Um, and it, it, quite frankly, is is hurtful. It's painful, and um, from a community that that we love so much and want to be a part of. Um, and you know, for for us, it, it's it's one thing. You know, we're we're older. We're we're you know mature adults, and, and we can handle that. We can hear that language and, language and understand that that's not who we are, and, and we know that that's not who our God is. What we worry about more is the younger people coming up in the church and, and what they're hearing and what they're believing. So, um, you know, we really hope that we can um, affect some change. Um, again, not, not necessarily for us, but for folks coming up now um, and want to be a part of this community, but don't uh, know how to reconcile the, the fact that they're gay or lesbian and, um, and Catholic. Well, I'm very happy that, you know, at least the situation has turned to, uh, you know, on a, on a positive note. I mean, the outpour of support from people all, uh, I think, around the country has really come mm-hmm. to stand with Margie. And so, let, you know, let's talk about hopefully some progress that we can make. I, I mean, when the Pope you traveled here to the United States, what people got from that, uh, from his visit, at least he's, he's progressing to a better, you know, a better place, less harmful for Catholics that is inclusive of LGBT people. What are your thoughts? Right. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree with that. I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of people who argue um, until he actually changes doctrine, they don't want to hear it. And, And I would, would disagree with that. I would say, um, one, I think he's very calculating and he's a, a pretty uh, savvy politician. So 
what he's doing, I think, is changing the tone of the conversation. And, and, and that's really important. Um, and that's the first thing that needs to change. Um, and, and after that, the language changes. And once that changes, then um, the policies can change. And, you know, doctrine's not going to change overnight. We know that. Um, but the, the stance that the Pope is, is taking is, is really one of tolerance, inclusion, dialogue. I mean, those just aren't um, words that you, we would have heard coming from the Vatican um, uh, during the last couple of Popes. So um, we find that very, very encouraging. And what about, you know, a message maybe, Andrea, you know, from you uh, to the young LGBT people, mm-hmm. uh, to our youths um, who are growing up Catholic, and, and, and maybe some words of hope and also kind of how you can understand and deal with the struggles at, uh, of discrimination you may face within your own community. Mm-hmm. Well, one of, the, one of the things that people don't realize is that um, Catholics um, as a whole in this country are actually much more accepting of same-sex marriage than um, people of other faiths. So um, I think within the Catholic community, and, and again, I think it depends on how you define that. You know, we see the Catholic Church as the, the people, right? Um, not necessarily the institution, not necessarily the hierarchy. And, and you know, quite frankly, Margie and I have never up until now experienced that kind of discrimination within, within the Catholic community, um, within the, the you know, among the people of God. Um, so I think that's encouraging, for one. Two, I would say, um, you know, the church is much larger than this, just this one issue. And, and, and that's one of the reasons that it's, um, you know, encouraging and easy for us, I think, to stay within the church, because they're um, outside of this particular issue. Their um, stances on on justice um, is, is phenomenal. And so I think, you know, um, you know, and I think people need to just listen to their own experiences and, and, and their own experience of God and really trust their own uh, kind of inner voice. Um, and I think, um, you know, it's okay to disagree. It's mm-hmm. okay, and as much as often, you know, people will say, well, you, you can't be Catholic unless you accept everything. Um, well, that's ridiculous, and we all know that. Um, you know, you can't belong to every and any group and not disagree with something. So, um, you know, and that, so that's okay. Um, and I think as, as, as long as people are hearing, the young people are hearing those words of encouragement from um, those of us sitting with them in the pews and in our schools, um, then I think they'll have that encouragement. But right now, the pushback um, from the institutional church is so strong um, that, you know, the fear is that that's going to sort of mute some of those other um, supportive voices. Oh, Andrew, thank you so much for that. We got time for one more question. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's only right to ask you, you know, what's next? We, you have the support of a lot of people. Uh, but what, 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 what are you and Margie working on next? Well, you, you know, um, th- this was sort of thrown in our lap, and like I said, we, we really feel an obligation and a responsibility now to um, pick this up and move forward with it. Now starts sort of the, the slow, long trudge forward, and um, we are hoping to work with some of the um, um, LGBT groups um, to continue pushing this forward. We're hoping to work with um, closely with groups within the Catholic community, like Call to Action, like Dignity, um, to help move this forward, to raise awareness. We are hoping to um, continue to dialogue with the religious communities because those are the 
um, the men and women that really can affect change in the, in the Catholic Church. Um, and if we start that dialogue and we start educating people, um, you know, that's hopefully what, what will affect change in the long haul. So, and we're keeping a close eye, obviously, on the Synod right now and um, um, hoping for some encouraging signs from there. Andrea, thank you so much for your time and for sharing with us here today. Good luck to you and Margie. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Good being with you. Support uh, Andrea and and Margie, and you can do that by standing with Margie. Head to standwithmargie.com. Don't go away. When we come back, we have uh, Button from Button and Bly. Last week we spoke to Bly, um, and now we've got the we've got the other half, Button, from a very cool travel show that exists online. So don't go away. I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years and uh, over the past couple of months I just opened up my club Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody and that's just kind of the attitude and the, the, uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need to, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude. Um, just to entertain people and so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity and, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for Spotlight you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together, we'll go far. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on uh, this this wonderful hump day that I'm just, I was, <laughs> oh my gosh, I almost just said it, that I've been humping all over myself. But I meant like, you know, I'm just stumbling all <laughs> over myself because I just kind of want the weekend here already. So we're going to try to get you there by having some fun. We had so much fun with Bly, who is from Button and Bly, an LGBT travel show, that uh, we thought we would extend that fun in, uh, and have the other half here with us. So let's welcome Button to the show. Button, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm just uh, laughing at how you brought them back in with your 
humping around all day. <laughs> I do that. I do that. You know, if I if I had four legs, then it would be easier. Um, when in doubt. <laughs> so thanks so much for being with us. And, uh, you know, I, I, I giggle at just saying, you know, Button and, and introducing you as Button because uh, I know that Blythe explained that um, you're not so, when one thinks of a Button, they think of a tiny little thing, but uh, you're not, you're not tiny at all. Oh, no, I'm freaking huge. <laughs> You're okay with identifying as freaking huge? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to ignore. I'm like six feet tall. Yeah. So. Did you I ever... guess you just got to accept it and move on. Yes, that's right. a lot of things that everybody else can't, so... I think she tried to explain how you got the name. Um, it was just because you're so tall that, uh, you know, it's funny to compare you to something so small. Yeah, I think... I had this idea about myself that I was like kind of a cool badass and, you know, moved out to L.A. and thought I was like pretty neat. And then uh, made a couple friends and they thought I was, even though I was tall, that I was so cute, I guess, in my personality that they started calling me uh, cute as a button. Oh, button. So I guess. I guess tall people can be cute. too. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Um. We can tell by the show that we watch. Uh, we we do really enjoy the travel show. There's something that you said in your uh, you know about us page that that really stuck with me at the end, in which you talked about normalizing the face of the LGBT community um, in our society and spread the message to young people that it's okay to be your silly weird self, and that is great too. So um, you know, do you, I asked uh, Bly this last time, in in which you know if you go to places, do you ever get afraid of being yourself? And I guess the answer is no. Yeah, for the most part, for the most part, not. Um, everywhere that we've gone so far has been uh, Europe and the United States. I have, of course, an idea that 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 would change if we went to some more controversial places. I guess. Um, and and at the same time, we have gone to a few places that are a bit more conservative. We never felt in fear of like violence or anything like that but there have been a few places where you could tell it was not as as typical to see um lesbos <laughs> um here's the thing is that you know lots of of young people these days and i say young people as if i'm an old wizard I could be. I'm 33. <laughs> I'm 33 years old. But a lot of uh, a lot of you people, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people are using the YouTube and online, you know, landscape and, and kind of generating content and putting it out there. And so they've got that, you know, reality feel to it. But you're you're an actual filmmaker and like you've done documentaries and you've done all, all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've done uh, some film work and um and yeah, worked in production, have been working in production as a camera operator, and now um, on next to Button and Bly, and actually with Button and Bly, I have a production company with uh, my partner and girlfriend and I guess business partner. Um, and so, yeah, we're continuing to, to do professional video content as well. Cool. So I know that uh, you've got a new season coming out, um, which is due out in the springtime. That's, that's the new season, season four? Season season four is coming out right now. I'm actually oh, like right. just working on an episode to release um, in a few hours. So, uh, but Whoa. then, yeah, super fancy. <laughs> um, and this season we're doing it's like our festival event circuit. So all summer we basically traveled around 
and uh, went to different women's festivals and prides in Europe and the States. And um, so we're just now putting those episodes out. Um, season five will be like more like our traditional episodes of city, city exploring and, and getting into trouble in that way. Getting into trouble. Hmm. <laughs> well, let's talk about Pride a, a little bit. You know, I think that you know, Pride is, has changed or evolved. I, I mean, some Prides are, you know, 45, 46 years old, uh, starting with New York and, and San Francisco. Um, kind of, you know, traveling to different Prides and having already you know, been a part of Pride in some way, if you have been, you know, if you've gone to West Hollywood or some of the, the ones in the United States, uh, what are your feelings about you know, pride, especially ones outside of the United States? Well, we actually got this really awesome chance to be part of a bloggers campaign that took us to a couple prides. So um, it's called My Gay Pride. And with them, we went to Stockholm, Copenhagen and Benidorm Pride. So we got to see like a couple um, different European prides as well as, of course, the, the U.S. ones that we went to. And I just think that it's it's uh, so important, and they're all different. Every pride has, you know, its different, unique feel. And oftentimes what you get are the smaller places. Um, like when we went to Benidorm, which is just like a small kind of touristy city in, in Spain, um, we actually got the feeling that, like, the people there were, like, so incredibly into it. And so I guess it just goes with, you know, whatever location whatever location that you're in whatever the community is like there whatever um whatever the personality of the of the community as a whole and of course you can see a big difference between prides in the states too you know there's a huge difference between uh la pride and san francisco pride just in the general feeling of you know i feel like uh, la is more about like party and drinking and and san francisco is a lot more about like community and actual pride so um politics and politics <laughs> yeah absolutely um so so it is really really interesting to tr to travel and do prides like as a travel um idea because you do really get sense you get like shoved right into the lgbt community of that area so i mean do you feel that you know pride is is important it's still is it is it important to you yeah yeah absolutely i think um Pride is is pride is going to be important probably forever, but definitely until um, we we see equal rights and not just equal rights um, as far as like politically, but also just like an equal view, a, a normalized community to where it's not a big deal to to be gay or to be a lesbian or to be trans or bi or, or whatever. Um, but now that I'm saying that, I'm actually thinking about Stockholm Pride, where it is like incredibly normalized in in Stockholm, in mm. Stockholm, Sweden. Um, but their pride is absolutely huge, and it's 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 like an appreciation for the community. But it's definitely like straight people are are celebrating partying as well. So, huh? I, I mean, yeah. it's, it's 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 great to hear just kind of how you know different communities celebrate so i guess that's what we have to look forward to in season four which is coming out i think you said today yeah we've already put out um we've already put out the stockholm pride episode uh -huh. and then last week we uh we got to go to this 
magical place called Eurogames, which is basically like a European Gay Olympics. Yeah. And so uh, we hung out there for a couple of days, and we just put out that episode. Next up is um, a woman's party in Ibiza, Spain, called Velvet Ibiza, and I'm really excited to put that one out. It's, it's well, going can, to be so fun. Can you give us any, uh, you know, teasers? Uh, you know what happens at this women's party in Ibiza, Spain? Well. I will, t- I will say, as a slightly ignorant American, I guess, that uh, <laughs> this was my first time in Spain when I went to this uh, festival. And I didn't realize that going there, how many beautiful women there would be with no uh, tops on, of course. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I just, I think I got too excited. So, okay. It's natural there, or? It's just, uh, it's... I guess the body is less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stigmatized? Mm-hmm. We're not, it's, it's so much less sexually stigmatized. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure really when that started, I think the 60s or something. But, um, but yeah, it's just Italy, um, Italy Spain, mm-hmm. those other. They seem Baltic to be more comfortable in their own skin. Absolutely. And it's, it's since it's so much less taboo, like it, it doesn't matter. Like we, you can be at the beach with uh, your top off and talking to a guy that you just met, and it's you know, it's, not a, yeah. it's not a thing. It's so, just not a thing. So when you guys uh, realize that and you're filming, I'm, I'm I'm imagining you like you know running around the beach taking your top off. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like freedom. <laughs> Oh. I was a little bit more conservative, but uh, she's also she's also got to keep her skin protected because she's pretty pretty white. Fair, fair skin. <laughs> um, fair skin. <laughs> so, wouldn't so, want anything to happen to the tetas, you know. Yes, that's right. Correct. Yes, must be protective. Um, <laughs> so you know, uh, in going back to this and recognizing, I mean, how free you were able to be, I, I'm sure that had uh, allowed for you to to deeply connect with with other you know Spaniards women. And, and such, right? Or, or metaphorical, <laughs> or or you kind of where you did you have to come back to, to reality here? And and I think you mentioned earlier you're partnered in business and in bed. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, <laughs> what was it? What was it like? You know, communicating and being free. Um, really, really nice. Actually, you do. You know, maybe uh, you're uncomfortable for three minutes, and then after that, you're like, oh, why is this? a big deal and um and then the thing is when you go back to california uh we actually i had a friend in west hollywood of all places get arrested and spent the night in jail for being um topless in her own apartment complex pool and and so you just think like there's such a crazy difference here so um yeah when i went back to california it was like it was nice to be back there, but at the same time, I was like, why do we, you know, put such stress on such meaningless things? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I asked Bly this, and uh, we're winding down on time, but I asked, you know, Bly, maybe a, a, a favorite moment or something, a memorable moment through all these travels. If you guys have been everywhere, I mean, you're now putting out season four, season five is coming up. 
you obviously have plans to go, you know, other places too, but is, do you have a memorable moment? Oh yeah, I think that I do. In season, season five, um, we were in Estonia (laughs) and, um, we were on this like trail and it was fly and, um, our producer, which is also my girlfriend, um, and we were walking on this trail through a bog and um, we found that there was like a little swimming hole area. So I was like, yeah, let's go skinny dipping, whatever. So I, there was no one around. I jump in, Lisa jumps in, she gets out really quick. Lisa's uh, my girlfriend. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to hang out here for, for a couple more minutes. And then as soon as I was about to get out, like, literally like streams of people started coming so i was stuck in this estonian bog for like 20 minutes completely naked as other people were like joining the swimming hole like they were talking to me i don't think they really knew i was you know naked but <laughs> that, that I, eventually, I eventually made my escape as somebody like cannonballed into the water <laughs> i was like oh everyone's gonna be watching him i can get out now I giggled when you brought up Estonia because, uh, you know, I asked about, I, I dated a, an Estonian girl and, um, and I had to ask, I mean, you might know, but she ate uh, sour cream with everything. And, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I that implies in her <laughs> Yeah. So I think Bly confirmed it, you know, for me that Estonians love sour cream, but uh, I, you know, I wanted to ask you, did, did you get the same feeling? Yeah. As far as I know, that's, that's, definitely a thing there they also have yeah like some really weird shots like really weird shots 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 like like li- like liquor like liquor shots sour cream and liquor no <laughs> no not actually although i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> that would be like a, a sour nipple instead of a buttery nipple <laughs> You were ready to believe me, though. I, 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 I believe everything, you know, you're traveling with a camera. <laughs> um, well, the, you know, I'm so happy that you guys have this show because, I mean, again, I think, you know, like uh, young people exist on the Internet and, and watching kind of you having fun and just being yourselves. It's so, so, so important. So I thank you for doing what you do. Absolutely. Like, thank, thank you for having me on and for, for chatting with me. and. Um, and yeah, we, we love what we're doing. We have, we're like building our, our, our little team up now. So, so it's, uh, it's Bly and I like in front of the camera, but then we have our producer and we also uh, just added, uh, a techie, a techie mm-hmm. wizard to help us with all of our online stuff. So it's, it's really, really nice to, to be able to get the word out and, and hopefully make the show available for whoever it would interest. I think it interests a lot of people. So make sure you check it out. If you're tuning in for the first time or you're just hearing from Button today, um, you can support their work by heading to buttonandbly.com. Uh, they're self-funded, so there's a donate page. That I, I mean, even if it's a dollar, you should donate. Uh, and also look out for season four and season five <laughs> and next spring, but, but season four for sure. Button, don't be a stranger, and uh, we'll see you on your travel show. Thanks. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll see you in San Francisco sometime. You got it. Yeah, that's a great idea. See, she brings that up before <laughs> I let her go. I'm going to have to call her back. We have a San Francisco Pride episode coming out, too. What? Short. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was up there. What? 
I'm going to have to email you offline and talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, uh, The Michelle Meow Show continues after this. Don't go away. listening to the progressive voices network streaming the best in progressive talk 24 7 keep the progressive conversation going on on facebook like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices on the progressive voices facebook page we update the stories that our hosts like tom hartman stephanie miller bill press and leslie marshall will be talking about during their shows and we share great news commentaries opinion pieces and videos from all over the progressive world always progressive always on be part of the progressive conversation like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year, with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face with today's thought leaders. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us today. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I can't believe that this year is almost over. Um, (laughs) I'm going to be 33. I I think I lied to somebody uh, the other day and and continued to say that I was 32. Or no, I said that I was turning 32 um, when the the truth is by next year I will be 33. But speaking of how fast this year is going, October 15th is coming up. And although – October 15th, as some of us, will be Spirit Day within the LGBTQ community and, and speaking up against bully, bullying. Uh, October 15th is also a, an important day for your finances. So back with us to talk to us about this important deadline regarding your taxes is Sue Ellen Smith from H&R Block. Sue Ellen, thank you so much for being with us. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Michelle. So October 15th is really just a couple days away, and it's an important deadline. Um, Is it more than, you know, just uh, for those who filed an extension last spring? Like, who needs to worry about it? Yes, I'm glad you brought that up, Michelle, because obviously if you filed an extension, you're keeping that date in mind. But people may not be aware that as many as 1.8 million households risk losing their eligibility for the advanced premium tax credit because they haven't filed the necessary tax forms. Ah, ah. Yeah. That's a 
big number. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. So why is it important to file even if a taxpayer can't pay the tax bill in full? You know, we hear this a lot. I can't pay. I therefore I'm not going to file. But missing the October 15th filing deadline could lead to four big problems. For one, the failure to file penalty, the failure to pay penalty, as well as losing your future tax care tax credits that you would be eligible for, and you may also have to repay any of the health care credits you received for 2014. The only way to avoid these problems and consequences is to file your tax return. Um, well, I definitely don't think that anybody wants to repay any credit. <laughs> no, that's a terrible thing. Right. So what do taxpayers need to file to keep their eligibility for the health care tax credit? Let me bottom line this for you. You need to file your tax return along with the appropriate forms. Um, you need to file that complete tax return by October 15th. And if you need help understanding this or getting it prepared, uh, considering your eligibility for the advanced premium tax credit, visit hrblock.com to get more information. And as I mentioned earlier, as many as 1.8 million households can, are at risk for losing their eligibility for the advanced premium tax credit because they simply haven't filed yet. Generally, those people fall into three groups. The first group are people who got the credit and they went ahead and filed their return, but they weren't aware they needed to file the reconciliation form. They are at risk of losing all future health care tax credits they would otherwise be eligible to receive. The second group of those people are folks who took the health care credits but didn't file a return. Now, maybe in the past they didn't meet the income eligibility requirements to have to file a return, so they're not used to doing that. But what's changed is that this year health care is linked up with your taxes and in order to determine your eligibility for health care credits, you need to file a tax return. So that's very important. They need to get that done before the 15th. And the final group of people, the taxpayers who took the credit, filed by the tax deadline, and they did do the right thing. They filed the reconciliation form. So they're in good shape, especially when looking ahead to health insurance open enrollment starting November 1st of this year. And last question for you, Sue Ellen. Again, I mean, uh, just the healthcare portion of you know the, your taxes. That's good enough reason for you to make sure you do file on time. But the the people who do fail to file, uh, what is the failure to pay and failure to file penalty for all? That gets tricky for people, and I want to make clear that that people understand the penalty for not paying your taxes that you owe is only one half a percent of the unpaid balance but that accrues per month with a maximum penalty of 25 percent. However, the penalty for not filing your tax return is 10 times that amount and it's also capped at 25 percent. So let's say you owe a thousand dollars in taxes. So the failure to pay penalty starts at only five dollars per month but the failure to file your tax return starts at $50 per month. And that's, that is quite a hit. So I want people to be aware, even if you can't pay your taxes, file your return and you can always work out a payment plan. You want to avoid those penalties if you can. 
Sue Ellen, thank you so much for joining us here on the program and always making sure that we're staying on top of our finances. That's right. <laughs> Happy to be of assistance. Sue Ellen Smith, she's a tax advisor for H&R Block. For more information, visit hrblock.com. hrblock.com, I should say. Sorry. So for the rest of the show, we're just going to play Button and Buy's travel show. Hi, I'm watching Biden's live travel show as soon as I get some international roaming and data on my phone. Oh, I'm Willem. <laughs> Stockholm is a really, really cool city. I actually live here part of the year with my gal friend. It's not her. Just poke your head in. With my gal friend. Hi. Hi. We're going to a party tonight. It's an underwear party. Why not? <laughs> what do I wear? Seth, you want to dance? On this sweat? I really like the premise. So I will wear these tiny booty shorts. I don't think I can do this, like, party in my underwear, I'm gonna be so uncomfortable, everyone's gonna have six packs. And... Well, here goes nothing. I would get down and dirty in my underwear with you again any day. So many bells. Do you hear all the bells? Oh, just like, it's right. I feel like Quasimodo. Queen. Queen. Well, Stockholm Pride is Sweden's largest event and Scandinavia's really? largest pride. enough to come to Stockholm in the summer. Can't help ya. Lauren! Uh -huh. I have some french fries. Not for you. For the seagulls. <laughs> oh, come to me! <laughs> I thought one was gonna attack you. Look out there. So I've been to many prides and I think I might just have to say that Stockholm pride takes the cake so far for me. It's a big statement. You've been to New York Pride, and this San Francisco Pride, and LA Pride, and you say that Stockholm beats it? I mean, if you look at this, what we did, I can't even describe it. You just gotta see it.
about pride, it's about love, and that's why, that's why everyone is just welcome. Stockholm Pride on the rainbow scale, five out of five rainbows. Five out of five, absolutely, hands down. Oh, hands all over the place at Stockholm Pride. <laughs> if you cannot make it here for Pride ever, it's also a fantastic city with a fantastic LGBT scene. We were here with hashtag MyGayPride and we are working with a lot of other bloggers to bring eyes to the Prides in Europe. Also, thank you to the Gay and Lesbian Network at Stockholm Visitors Board. Alright guys, that is it for Stockholm Pride. We will see you at our next destination along the way. Bye guys! See you later guys. I think though, we should have registered for same-sex dancing. We would have crushed it. Do you want to see a tryout tape? Thanks again for joining us here on the program. For more on us and other programs or podcasts you might have missed, you can head to michellemeow.com. 